0: Music
1: Sweet Romance by Power Rob, who is hanging out in the IRC with us right now. Um, Yeah, so he just released that track throughout, sorry, Aztec Records. Love that guy. All right, my name is Karin Zoe Lee, and you're listening to Night Ride FM. And I do have a guest tonight. The G will be with us uh, later on to discuss his new album, Wanderers. And uh, we're gonna hear the collabs on that that album, because I I just love them. (laughs) But in the meantime, uh, let's hear some new stuff. Um, If you heard my Tuesday show, you're gonna hear a lot of the same things, but uh, if you're not in Europe, if you're on the West Coast, you might've heard this for the first time. Celerect, LA Dreams, just came out with Cherry Vice. And this is my favorite track, Heat. Heat by Celerec, L.A. Dreams. So, yeah, pick up Cherry Vice on Bandcamp as soon as you can. Or wait till Bandcamp Friday next month. But uh, this physical will probably be gone by then. So I secured mine. So you do you. Oh, and I also secured my cassette for Bunny X's new release, Young and in Love, available for pre-order now through Aztec. Uh, They did this one with uh, Celerec, L.A. Dreams. Um, This is a track that's available on the pre-order called Go Back. they did with celerect la dreams on their upcoming album young and in love through aztec records pick it up uh, as pre-order on bandcamp today all right coming up next runaway droid has a brand new single out i love this one we're going to continue with these chill vibes because they've got me today (laughs) this is runaway droid with summer breeze summer breeze by runaway droid and uh check out his discography because his sound uh, it's just it spans a wide spectrum coming up next ooh, one of my favorites hailing from wisconsin uh the duo known as immortal girlfriend just came out with a brand new single beyond the blue beyond the blue by immortal girlfriend yeah i love that one night razor things i should say that for halloween but you know what sometimes they come out with another single for halloween so we'll have to see what happens next month (laughs) alvin i see you buddy alvin 80s finally sent me a submission and i love it this is time to leave earth Time to Leave Earth by Alvin80s, and I can see you're already dumping the praise on him in the IRC, and if you're not, come in there, join in the fun. (laughs) Thank you, Alvin, that was amazing. All right. Oh, we heard this one on Tuesday also. Thorison, I bought this on Bandcamp Friday. I love this track. This is In for the Win. because For the wind by Thorsen and Headband, yeah, I picked that up on Bandcamp Friday. And you know what else I bought? I bought Saros FM's entire uh, discography, including his most recent single, Voyage. Yeah. That was Voyage by Saros FM. Love that one. It's gorgeous, but I think that would be a perfect closing song because, dude, that's like seven minutes long. (laughs) I don't like radio edits because it's like, I don't want you to chop up your art just because my listeners have the attention span of a chipmunk. But yeah, also, I want to know when somebody buys your discography, do you get like a 100 cha-ching emails from (laughs) Bandcamp? I got to know. I got a couple more uh, before I bring out my guest. I got this coastal track from uh, my Aztec dealer, John. This is gorgeous. This is coastal with last sundown. Sundown by Coastal I got that from uh, Aztec Records Alright Yeah, just a couple more Um, For retro reverb records Falco Fury is coming out with Muscle Mix Uh, I believe it's an EP And it's got so many good collabs on it And uh, I played this one This one features Honeybeard This is Goodbye That was Goodbye by Falco Fury featuring Honeybeard uh, from his upcoming release Mus- Muscle Mix through Retro Reverb Records. All right. Are we ready for him? The man, the myth, the legend, the G. <laughs> Almost. But first, are we ready to rock out? This is "Memory of Ice," Memories of Ice by the G and Demi K. was memories of ice by the g from his new album wanderers and uh, that track was featuring dimmy k and i have with me the g hello sir
2: hi thanks for having me
1: thanks for joining me loving this new album um loving the collabs on it so where do we begin
2: Uh, Well, it's my third album, my first one for new retro wave. And I've been working on it for about four years before release, uh, which just seems like a crazy long time. In that period, I did release another album. So I was working on a couple things at once. But it's been a long journey. And and I'm really excited that it's out there and and that that people are are digging it.
3: Yeah,
1: no, I love this one. So that track, Memories of Ice, uh, was that the first one?
2: It was the, I think the, third single from from the album so is the first one away is the second one and then memories of ice is the third one and uh this one features my buddy dimmy k who provides the guitar solo and really i think that's the centerpiece of the track um he just kills it and i basically can't help myself to play air guitar to it every time i, I hear that
1: dimmy k i heard of that guy
2: yeah he's good <laughs> Everyone should check out his music. He makes really good synth wave. He does a lot of interesting collaborations. He's worked with Pilot, a number of other people, and uh, just a super nice guy, someone you really want to see succeed and you want to support.
1: Yeah, definitely. We actually had him on the show around uh, Soul Killer.
2: Oh, yeah, I love Soul <laughs> Killer. That's a great release.
1: I'm glad you were able to get him on the album. Uh, Who's playing guitar on Out There?
2: That's Vampire Stepdad, uh, who's another buddy of mine. I've done some work for him mastering some of his releases. And uh, so I've known him for as long as I've been in the scene, basically. Love his guitar playing as well. Very soulful approach to guitar. And he's got a new album that's coming out soon. That's one of the ones that I'm really excited about.
1: Nice. Awesome. And you have a couple other collabs with some vocalists. Uh, JJ Miss of course we love her and uh, michelle b is a new name that i'm seeing
2: michelle b is a you know, really excellent singer part of a band called cave boy a canadian band that that does synth pop modern synth pop really good band also has a solo project under the name mint simon and you know their voice really reminds me of a cross between stevie Nicks and susanna hoffs that's something a lot of the other people have said as well so it's not just me <laughs> but just phenomenal vocalists and someone who's worked with, with other people in the scene as well, not just me. And every song that Michelle sings on really is just something special. So I, I feel really lucky that uh, Michelle sang on not only one, but two songs on my album.
1: Yeah, that's that's wonderful. I thought I had heard that voice before and uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to track down uh, who has has worked with them before because I know I've, I've heard that voice.
2: Yeah, there's a few people Honor is one of them. And there's two others and the the names are escaping me right now, but they're really good. So I'll 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 you those later.
1: (laughs) So um, when and I guess how were you picked up by New Retrowave?
2: So I was on the label Time Slave Recordings previously, released two albums there, um, you know, really happy with, with the label there. But, uh, you know, when I started getting into Synthwave, really the New Retrowave YouTube channel was, was uh, one of my entry points and, and where I discovered a lot of my favorite music. Um, so it was all kind of a dream to, to you know, be associated with, with New Retrowave. I'd had a couple songs up on the YouTube channel before, I'd had three songs up on the YouTube channel before uh, releasing this album, and uh, just started talking with Ten over the course of a long time, he wanted to hear what I was working on, so I sent him some tracks, he asked to hear the full album, so when the full album was done, I sent it over, and and he basically asked if I wanted to release it on... On NRW Records, and uh, to me, that you know, that was kind of a dream come true. Something that really felt like the whole synthwave career, as it is, had, had been building up to. And it's been a great experience. Um, I've been blessed to be on two really top-notch labels in the scene, and have had great experiences with both. The other artists on NRW are fantastic. You know, I, I really love the recent releases by At 1980 and Drive, um, and also so many classics have come through that. That, uh, that label as well, and, and uh, you know, through their uh, YouTube channel as well. So it's just been a wonderful experience, and, and I'm excited to keep making records for them.
1: Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, congrats <laughs> on that. Thank you. Yeah, New Retro Wave is like every new fan's entry point.
2: Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I, for me, it was originally Spotify. But then once I kind of latched on to Synthwave and started going down the rabbit hole, that's when I branched off into NRW or, or to yeah, NRW's yeah. YouTube channel. Probably half of the artists that I discovered in that first year, I discovered through that channel.
1: Oh, OK. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm i the same as you. I discovered through Spotify. But at the same time, Spotify was not calling it Synthwave yet, so I still didn't know what I was listening to.
2: yeah. And yeah exactly
1: <laughs> it took a lot of googling because i was also on pinterest finding this this graphic art
3: mm-hmm.
1: um by a lot of signal noise work oh and yeah signal noise. i was listening to this music and it had these graphics and i'm like there's a connection here and like looking for this word and i finally found it somebody called it synthwave and not just the music but the aesthetic like i knew it was something it took several years <laughs> to put yeah. it all together
2: think for me, um, I already knew who Kavinsky in college were, but I had no idea that they were part of anything other than French house. So I just thought of them as, oh, those are those guys who are doing like really 80s style French touch, French house, Mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, there were other people doing 80s type stuff too, like Vitalik and other people 15 years ago or so, and uh, didn't really realize there was a scene there. But, you know, a few years ago, I was Rereading the novel Neuromancer and uh, wanted to find some music that would go with it so I went on Spotify and I just wrote cyberpunk music in the search field and ended up on a playlist that had 8888 by Makeup and Vanity Set and Skull and Shark by Laserhawk on it. it and I just kind of had other stuff too that that wasn't Synthwave but I really gravitated towards those two albums and looked on the artists you may like tab on Spotify. And that's how I found Miami nights, 1984 Uh, went back to Kavinsky and and was re-listening to night call and and Testarossa auto drive and all that stuff. And uh, then I think that's the point where I found NRW because I Googled Miami nights, 1984 and then saw a couple of their videos on NRW. And I was like, Oh, this is this channel is awesome. I'm going to see what else they have. And then just plunged all the way down the rabbit hole.
1: Mm Mm-hmm yeah that's similar to my story it took me a while to find that channel though because i didn't really listen to music on youtube much
2: yeah i don't usually either actually but uh you know the, their videos really kind of drew me into the aesthetic i think probably similar to you it was it was not just the music it was also the general vibe really struck a chord with me
1: yeah and that's how i knew there was a connection between the art that i was seeing on pinterest and the stuff i was hearing on spotify yeah because i wasn't seeing like the occasional album cover it finally clicked one day
2: <laughs> yeah exactly i think it's the, co- the cover for turbulence the miami nights album mm-hmm. that really just i was like okay i saw that i'm like this is this is what i've been looking for i didn't know i was looking for it but this is what i been looking for
1: yeah definitely that, that's an iconic album
2: yeah, for sure. I just ordered the violence.
1: about the, the song Away?
2: So Away has a backstory to it. It was actually one of the first songs that I wrote for this album, but the original version is completely different from what ended up on the album. Oh. Uh, originally, it was a kind of a mid-tempo, upbeat pop track, like Wanderers or The Lights. Really, really? it was meant to be kind of three, three together, three peas in a pod, so to speak and i sent that over to michelle and i liked the vocals and i liked the track but they didn't fit Mm. something wasn't working and what we ended up with was really i felt at the time was like wanderers but not as good and not as memorable and to me, you know, if I'm going to put something out, I don't want to compromise on anything. I want everything to feel like the best song that that I can do. And I wanted to do justice to Michelle's vocals, so I pretty much just took stripped everything else out other than vocals. So I just had the acapella track and decided to put the song back together underneath, which to me is really fun. It's basically like doing a remix um, where you have a couple elements and then you draw in everything else. It's basically working in reverse, the normal type of workflow, but in reverse and uh that can be very inspiring the other form of music that i'm super nerdy about is shoegaze and dream pop i wanted to bring in some dream pop elements and you can hear those on a couple of the other songs of the album too like spiral
1: i love that one
2: well thank you thank you but in this case i really wanted to do it under vocals so i rebuilt the whole thing starting with the um The bass and some of the the synths, and then added my guitar, which I played on this one, and wanted to create kind of a big swell of sound behind it and uh, slowed everything down, made it into more of a ballad. And the end result is light years better than the original version I'm still kind of amazed that I made this I do think the track does justice to Michelle's wonderful vocals now um, and I'm really glad that I didn't take the easy road and instead just you know spend months basically rebuilding something and uh, ending up where where I want it to be
1: yeah no definitely take your time I, I that's a topic that comes up with a lot of artists on the show that taking you know how much time you take to come out with an album how, how do people do it every year? But yeah. I say take your time, take as much time as it needs. Yeah. You said four years, like that's yeah, give it give it four years if you need to.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean I agree. You know, I don't think that every album needs four years. I don't think my next album is gonna take that long to come out. I I may have something.
1: Yeah, but life happens too.
2: Yeah. You know, but it is worth taking the time when you need it. So in this case I was developing a whole new sound something that i hadn't really done on any previous albums and that by itself takes a lot of time also quality control. I didn't want to release something that didn't feel like the best thing that I could do. And that's something I definitely will not compromise on. The other part that made it difficult was I really wanted to do an album that had range, range of style, range of mood, that kind of thing. So I was thinking, you know, when you think about classic albums from the 80s or 90s, it's there's a lot of variety, right? Mm-hmm. There is going to be a slower song, a ballad. There are going to be upbeat songs. There are going to be songs that are a bit more sad or a bit more nostalgic and then songs that are happier and, 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 and uh, have more energy.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: In Synthwave, and I think this isn't just Synthwave, I think this is music generally nowadays, most releases you get 10 versions of the same vibe. That vibe may be awesome, the songs may be incredible, but there's kind of a sameness to everything. You don't see a lot of albums that take you on a journey, and, and I wanted to do that, and, and it's harder. And it takes more time. And the hard part is making sure the pieces fit together. And uh, it's probably a year was spent just playing kind of vibe Tetris with the album and making sure there was good flow and, and, and uh, no awkward transitions and things like that.
3: Mm, okay.
2: But that's one thing I, I would like to see more of in the scene is, is people, they develop a sound, the sound is good, people like it, it fits the branding, but then play with it and see what you can do to to have more variety
1: no yeah i love that because i think uh, my two favorite tracks are memories of ice and spiral and they're very different
2: (laughs) yeah yeah totally different
1: and that's just i think just because lately i've been in the mood for like some good old synth wave the kind of synth wave that brought me here in the first place i've been listening to so much uh, people like branching out into different definitions of retro different sub genres and like i I just needed some good old instrumentals again and as much as i love your singers and i do love every track like these two in particular roped me in
2: thank you i appreciate that um I, i feel the same way Honestly, like I, when I hear a record that reminds me of why I started listening to Synthwave in the first place, I just gravitate towards it. It doesn't have to sound exactly like that, but it it has something to it, some quality that reminds me of that first moment of discovery. Um, I I don't know if you've heard the new Bunny X album. I mean, the album's not out yet, so I think there's three advanced singles, and then there's a preview single on the pre-order. But I listen to that, and it's just... It reminds me so much of going down that rabbit hole, listening to Marco's show, Synthetic Sundays, and just hearing stuff that just, I don't even know how to describe. There, there's a there's an earnestness about the nostalgia that you got in earlier Synthwave that is harder to find now. Mm-hmm. Everything I've heard from that album just hits that hard and I love it.
1: Yeah, I, I pre-ordered that, that cassette. I've heard some new singles from, I'm not sure which ones are going to be on their album. I'll have to look it up.
2: Yeah, um, Perfect Paradise is on the album. Can't Wait is on the album. Uh, that's Of course, I have a song called Can't Wait also, but no relation. <laughs> and then the preview song is just incredible. I think it's with Celerect LA Dreams.
3: Yeah, producing. Go Back.
2: That's yeah, nice. Go Back. I mean, and it just it sounds so classic. I guess what some people call second wave synth waves, So like around 2014, 2015, something like that. And, and in the best possible way. It's that core sound and just full of nostalgia and retro radness.
1: Yeah, definitely. I love that. This has got, yes, album has everything. That feeling, that's the feeling that I just personally gravitated towards. I've been hearing a lot of really good synth pop coming out too.
2: Yeah, Seems to be
1: very popular right now. Like, I miss the instrumentals. I miss, you know, when we put the focus on something other than the words, the voice. A human being and you know back then i was saying we need more human being in our songs like, well I, we go through phases it's for the fans at least i do
2: yeah and, and it's interesting because vocal tracks and instrumental tracks are each challenging in their own way with a vocal track mixing vocals is far harder than mixing anything else getting them to sit in in the mix you know preparing them you usually have to do some pitch adjustments and things like that it's way harder than anything you do in an instrumental from a technical perspective
1: is it because everyone's voice is unique
2: yeah it's just you know when you're dealing with a non-electronic instrument you also have to deal with issues related to the microphone to the space it's recorded in um, this is true of guitar as well. It's true of live drums, all that stuff. It's just from from an engineering perspective, it's more challenging than than dealing with software or hardware synthesizers and drum machines. Gotcha. Now, that said, there's elements of vocal production that are also easier. So it's easier to get people hooked with a vocal. So you you have a a vocal hook and people will gravitate towards that and they'll sing along and all that stuff. And being able to make an instrumental track just as memorable as a vocal track from a compositional perspective is super challenging. I'm going to try to do a mix of both on on every release and uh, try to keep it about 50-50.
1: When you first entered Synthwave, did you have a preference?
2: Yeah, early on, I was mostly listening to instrumental music. Part of that is because, as you mentioned, that's what most of it was at the time, too. There were vocal tracks, but not as many of them. So Makeup and Vanity Set and Laserhawk were the first ones I was into. And then after that, you know, Miami Nights 1984, uh, Mitch Murder, you know, MPM soundtracks, so all the stuff that that people kind of get into when they're first discovering it. But I, I definitely had a little bit of a bias towards the darker stuff early on, and then over time shifted away from that. And I think a lot of it is that when when dark synth took more of an EDM like turn around 2015 or so, that's not really my my favorite thing. I mean, there's good versions of it that I enjoy, but it's not kind of my core interest, I prefer music that's more centered on the 80s and, and more atmospheric. So the darker stuff I like tends to be a bit spacier, a bit more science fiction oriented, a bit more retro. I did find a couple vocal tracks early on that I, I really like and uh, I've always enjoyed both vo- the vocal version of synth waves so I think as time went on I started to listen more and more of that um, but even today I would say when I you know put my headphones on and listen to something 50 50 whether I'm going to go for something vocal or something instrumental
1: yeah I'm kind of the same way that's why I keep these playlists now because I mean when albums come out with you know both on it it's like yeah that's for different moods and I have a playlist exactly. for every mood so
2: exactly exactly
1: and that's a good album so the world's about to open up again. <laughs> are you uh, are you going to be going to or doing any live shows?
2: Oh, definitely for sure. Pre-pandemic, I was talking about doing some shows here in LA and uh, also playing up at uh, Turbo Drive in San Francisco and plan to do both of those at some point. Um, also would love to play farther afield, come back up to Seattle and maybe even do some, some East Coast shows as well. Sweet. But... Still going to kind of wait and see what happens with COVID. I feel like we're not quite out of the woods yet, but um, hopefully by the spring, summer, we'll have this in the rearview mirror and things can really open up for real. And uh, then I'll definitely be excited to play shows.
1: Uh, How do you feel about like live stream performances?
2: Uh, I've never done one. So it would be a uh, new frontier for me. I'm open to it for sure, but uh, I've um, never done one. I I would want to kind of really make sure that it's done right i've seen some some great live stream performances and i've seen some that probably could have used a little bit more time getting things together so definitely want to make sure that if i do it i'm in that first category
1: yeah absolutely now i was just curious because like even though concerts are going to be coming back i think these live streams are going to carry on because we are you know global we still can't be there in person as easily
2: yeah and it's a global community it's kind of crazy to think you know, how connected we all are. And and, and local scenes are great too. And, and I love that. And I love being a, a part of the LA scene and, and knowing everybody here and, and seeing friends when I go to a show and things like that. And I love that. But it's also just incredible to think, you know, when I go into the chat in on your show or, you know, what Dennis's or, or whoever's, the people there are from all over the world. You know, the people who did guest appearances on uh, on my album? Even got one from the U.S., one from Canada, one from Greece, uh, mm-hmm. one from New Zealand, two from the U.S., and then one from New Zealand. So you know, just kind of shows right there that that uh, you know we are connected. And uh, I think those live streams, like you said, it, it brings people together regardless of their geography, and that's that's incredible.
1: Yeah, definitely. And people still prefer in-person shows whenever possible, so it's never gonna shift the industry too much. Yeah. It's just, we need something to come back to. Definitely. I've missed live shows.
2: Yeah, and it, the other thing about live shows too is it, it's bringing the local community together and helps you get a sense of, you know not only going to hear the music and things like that, but kind of a physical connectedness to people in the scene too. So I think that the downside to being a largely online scene is that you, know, you think of people as an avatar in text. And when you meet them in person, and then especially when you realize that, you know, you connect with people in person the same way you did on Twitter or Facebook or Twitch or wherever, uh, it's, it's pretty magical. Yeah. It, and I, I've made a couple really close friends through Synthwave, through online interactions. And then when I've met them in person, it's just been like, this is worse we are really on the same wavelength. And uh, it's, it's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, definitely. What was the last event you went to?
2: Oh, it's a long time ago already. Oh. I think the last one that I went to was, it was the weekend when Betamax did the video for the song he did with, with Blake with Vandal Moot. Oh, okay. And there was a show in Silver Lake here in LA that everybody went to. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was, the, that was the last synth show I went to. I was going to go to one this summer that Glitbiter was playing at. Oh, nice. Um, but didn't work out, unfortunately
1: right now yeah i was um betamax and Moon were coming up this way seattle and uh, vancouver bc and uh bought tickets and that was when the first i got canceled
2: yeah that's too bad that would have been a great show
1: yeah and um after a year the app i think it was eventbrite maybe it forces a refund so i was like well i wasn't going to take my money back (laughs) everyone's (laughs) hurting right now yeah but uh, yeah, Betamax and FM Attack are coming through again. Only this time, it's at the same time as Neon Rose. I'm already, I'm already committed to Neon Rose.
2: Oh, that's tough. That's yeah. a, that's a tough choice right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's too bad that it's scheduled at the same time. But I think that I've heard that FM Attack is a great show. And
1: yeah, I did see him once at Outland in Toronto, 2019.
2: He's, I mean, he's just, he's the best. You know, in terms of just consistency across his career. I mean, every release is fantastic. Super Mm -hmm. nice guy. And I always love that his sound has kind of been, it's kind of like core synthwave and not synthwave at the same time. I don't know how to describe it better (laughs) than that, but it's just, it always feels like he's pushing boundaries, but it still has that vibe that that really is core synthwave, the core to the appeal of synthwave. Um, Mm -hmm. And just super consistent. And of course, Betamax, I also love his work his recent album sarajevo i think is fantastic it's not really synthwave but it's really good plug and play i think to me is in some ways the the most synthwave record i think i've ever heard and that's an album i just go back to i always go back to that album
1: yeah they're great they both are i hope they come through again because i would i would hate to miss
2: that well fm attack's up in vancouver now so hopefully Mm -hmm. when the border opens up um you should be pretty easy to hear it play
1: Yeah, well, I think that's where it's happening is BC. Yeah. They had a Seattle date set. I don't think they set another one yet. Yeah, fingers
2: crossed. I want them to come down here, too.
1: You guys get everybody in LA. (laughs) (laughs) Goodness, I can't imagine the difference. Like, because when we saw, like, FM84 up here at the Crocodile, I know they sold out the Troubadour. Yeah. And that's like, how many people does that venue fit? Like, the Croc was like four to 600, something like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I love the crop. But yeah, they, I mean they, they would probably I mean they would sell out the Wilder as well if they would there. want it, if they play there. Remember, remember, remember.
1: the venues that we used well we (laughs) synthwave one of the venues that hosted a lot of the synthwave shows uh, the highline on broadway ended up closing down permanently and that's why neon rose isn't happening in seattle this year it's 100 in portland
2: the um the troubadour was looked like it was going to be closed really permanently at one point but um i don't remember how how it happened but somehow it was saved so it's open again but there was a while where they thought it was that was it hmm. i think it was bought i'm not sure but i think it was
1: that would surprise me if a place like the true went out of business
2: yeah it's just you know they it's very expensive to the the real estate in west hollywood in that area and um i think just you know not being able to book shows for more than a year was just killer but they are open again so somebody somebody invested
1: nice Nice. And yeah, nice. so some venues are staying alive by, well, I don't know if that's where their primary income comes from. But I mean, artists are still renting venues to make videos yeah. to do their live streams from a venue.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, also, you know, there's so much recording going on here, too. So you have people who want to have like a more of a live feel for their recording. So they might use a, they might use a club space rather than a, a studio.
1: Yeah. Well, I, ho- I hope that will continue for live stream shows in the future.
2: I think we're over the hump to a degree now in the sense that, you know, I don't think live shows haven't gone back to what they were, but now that a lot of people are vaccinated and, and that you can like turbo drive that you can only go if you're vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I think you maybe can go if you can show like a negative COVID test as well, even if you're not vaccinated, but they can, they can still fill fill the space for at the DNA lounge. And um, it's enough. For now, I think. And then, fingers crossed, maybe, hopefully, this is the last wave of, of COVID infections. And then after that, we can get back to regular life for real. Obviously, don't want to count on that, but I hope that that's the case.
3: Yeah,
1: we're going to need boosters, though.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel like it's going to be like the flu vaccine, where we're going to have to go get one every year. Yeah. Or every two years or something. I, that's my suspicion. But, uh, I mean, I, I feel, I guess my, my take is, once the kids are kids can be vaccinated then i feel pretty good yeah that's a scary thing for me right now is i mean I, I i believe you have kids too
1: i have one one kindergartner
2: mm-hmm. yeah i've got two i've got a 10 year old and a four year old and it's just you know i i just get nervous going out you know myself because i'm like i don't want to bring bring COVID home mm-hmm. but other than that i'm like you know if i got it it would be mild and i'd be fine so you know, yeah as long as they've got that protection too then I feel like I feel comfortable just living a normal life again
1: yeah that's kind of how it is for me too it's the you know that's the last group of people that can't get vaccinated are under 12 isn't it or 16.
2: under 15.
1: under 15. Yeah. yeah my son is five he's about to turn six and uh, he's in class with 16 others A building that they don't let parents in everyone's got to be immunized I, mean, I At his age, he can't learn over Zoom, and yep. he's an only child. He doesn't have the social interactions. He's yep. been deprived of that for so long, and he's so bored.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's great that they're back in school. I mean, they've also, they've found that when kids get sick, most of the time it's from an adult. For whatever reason, kids don't seem to spread it to each other very much. As long as all the People working at the school are vaccinated and then the kids they have like a good protocol in place for for you know if a kid gets sick that they're out for a couple weeks then it should be school should be pretty safe especially if they're wearing masks
1: yeah they are
2: i I would be worried if we were in like florida or something where they're they don't want the kids wearing masks in school or or teachers wearing masks but i think as long as we've got precautions i I feel pretty pretty good
1: yeah me too and we haven't really had Um, any scares. I think one time we were like, we should get tested, and it was negative. You know, we've been pretty good about about all of our uh, our precautions.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I'm excited for all this to be over. I want to travel again. Um, I really want to go up to Seattle. It's been so long since I was there. It's been like 10 years since the last time I was there. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, and I still got, you know, friends up there and and just, just like walk around the neighborhoods and everything else. I bet. It would be fun to fun to meet up.
1: What if we know any of the same people? It's like I go into your Facebook and it's all synthwave people. I'm like, well, maybe <laughs> we only UW people probably have some friends.
2: Yeah, we probably do know someone in common. I'm sure. I have one friend. Who was he actually moved to Denver um, not that long ago? But he's from Seattle. He grew up in like Kirkland or not Kirkland, but one of the other towns around there. And he is into synthwave, but I know him from outside synthwave. But he's he goes to, he when he was living in Seattle he used to go to all the shows he probably would recognize but he, he unfortunately he moved away oh, okay but um I, I bet you'd recognize he's very like you can't can't be like oh it's that guy the big guy <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, but I'm sure I'm sure you'd recognize him because I know he goes to like all the sh- he used to go to all the shows I I loved it up there it's, a, it's such a fun city just so much music and good coffee mm-hmm. and good food and all that stuff so it's a great place. <laughs>
1: Do we have the Seattle freeze that everyone's talking about? Are we cold?
2: I thought people were pretty friendly. Um, I grew up on the East Coast and I moved to Seattle from New York where people are just like rude, I guess the right <laughs> way to put it. <laughs> so what I found with Seattle people is depending on how caffeinated they are. So if somebody <laughs> has just drank their coffee, they're super friendly and energetic. And if they haven't had their coffee yet, they get they are grumpy and passive aggressive. <laughs>
1: catch him coming out of starbucks
2: yeah this is what my wife said too when she was there she was like it's it's all about whether someone had their espresso yet and if they (laughs) did they're great and if they haven't they're like ornery and fussy and, and irritated that you're talking to them
1: i i just thought that it was because um we were a bunch of introverts and people just thought that we were cold
2: yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of. I think there's a lot of introverts there. You're right, but I always, I found people to be pretty pretty friendly up there. Like not bad. It's not like being down here where everybody's just very sunshine. But the thing about LA is you always you don't. It's hard to tell sometimes like how sincere it is, um, or people are just sort of going through the motion. Mm. It's not that people are being fake. It's just that everybody's friendly. So you know, are they just? Sometimes it's just hard to tell. Mm. Sometimes it can be you can go the other direction too, where You kind of feel like someone's just going through the motions, but it turns out they're actually being really sincere and and so forth. So it's just, people can be a little hard to read, but everybody's super friendly. And definitely where I grew up, that's not the case. People are, nobody's like friendly by default.
1: physicals for wanderers i think they lasted like four days and you know what i didn't i didn't get my hands on a cassette do you know if
2: they're gonna be doing a reprint i don't know i suspect there may be some extra copies especially of the vinyl Mm. but i don't know for sure if there are i think they would start for example for cassettes that they would start appearing now. With the vinyl, it's supposed to ship, I think, in October, so if there's more copies, they'll show up in October. Um, there are still CDs left, uh, but all the other all the other physical copies were gone, I think, within the first weekend.
1: Yeah, three days. Yeah. Three days and those cassettes were gone. You know how mad I was. <laughs> I have a collection, man.
2: I did not even managed to get... I wanted to get one of the mini-discs, but they sold out before even I got one. Oh. Not that I could play them anywhere, but I'm uh, pretty excited <laughs> to see how that medium's come back yeah Uh, kind of a happy happy in between between cassettes and cds
1: yeah plus it can show the whole like square artwork
2: yep yep for sure full album art (laughs) but people are getting the cassettes now they are showing up i haven't gotten mine yet but uh, i know that people are a couple people have gotten theirs already
1: that's cool well hopefully they'll they'll do one because i need to add that to my collection i can't believe i missed it like i blinked and they were gone
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, well hopefully, well maybe there'll be another another pressing, uh, which would be super exciting. Either of the cassettes or the vinyl or both.
1: That would be nice.
2: I need a new Walkman, speaking of. I, I have one that died, and so I'm looking around to get another one. The, the ones they make that are new are terrible, though, so mainly really? just looking at old Sonys. Um, if I could find a, one that's brand new, that's good quality, I would. that's what I would get. But I, I haven't been able to really find one.
1: Hmm. Maybe with the, the emergence of cassettes a second time, they'll start to uh, focus on the quality of of their portable cassette players. Yeah. I don't really have a good one either. I've got like I've got one that was meant for recording and playing back. Yeah, a little hand dictaphone thing, but it takes a full size cassette.
2: Yeah, uh, i I saw that Radio Shack, which is back now, has a bo- cassette boombox for sale. I don't know how good it is, but it looks <laughs> cool. cool. So maybe I'll get that.
1: That's awesome. Uh, thank you for being on the show. I'm sorry it's late.
3: Yeah,
2: no <laughs> my worry. schedule has
1: been so... But yeah, thanks thanks for being on Night Ride and thanks for being my guest. And congrats on the release and how quickly you sold out of those physicals.
2: Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. and I'm, Of course, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of your live stream and uh, listen as often as I can. And it's really excited to be on here.
1: Well, thank you. And uh, I want to thank everybody in the IRC and YouTube, everybody chatting with us, everybody that's tuned in. Uh, my name is Karen Zoe Lee, and my guest has been the G. Check out his new album through new Retrowave Records, Wanderers. And, uh, well, there's CDs left, so go pick up the CDs. <laughs> uh, I'm going to play us off with a track called Dreamtime. Uh, thank you all, and have a good night.